BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mike, check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. And if you want to mostly just like gather them and then we can go back and like design them a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Hey, Right Nowish listeners, welcome to the third episode of Adorned. Today, we're taking time to smell the roses and make bouquets with the help of Jessica Alicia Gotrim. She's a floral designer and the owner of Beja Flor Flower Gallery in the Excelsior neighborhood. The Excelsior in San Francisco is just really special to me, especially seeing Um, how much it has changed and will continue to change. Just owning this store, this studio, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, it just makes it that it was a way for me to like hold space in my community. Jessica's custom flower arrangements also help folks express their emotions. If you need flowers for your altar or to leave at the graveside of your loved ones, she got you. If you want to celebrate your homie's new promotion by sending them a bouquet, she got you too. Or maybe you just want to buy yourself some flowers, give yourself some TLC, because you deserve that. Jessica can absolutely help with that. Whether it's making elaborate arrangements for weddings or small bundles for a casual customer, Jessica takes her craft seriously. She knows that flowers can truly transform one's space and mood. Sometimes when you're like in a city setting, it's really hard to get those moments getting out in nature unless you like intentionally like drive somewhere for it. So I think like flower shops and creating bouquets of cut flowers are like a really nice way to like get your hands in nature and creating with nature while still being within like the city setting. In this episode, Jessica talks to me about the power of adorning our spaces with colorful flowers and how creating bouquets can help our intuition blossom. I'm your host, Marisol Medina Cadena. That conversation coming up right after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
I'm looking at these sunflowers that you have toward the entrance of the shop. They're really calling to me. Yeah. You work with so many beautiful flowers. Do you have a favorite flower? Growing up, sunflowers were actually my favorite flowers. I actually have one tattooed on my finger. <laughs> so they're, they, they still hold the spot as like one of my favorites. But as I started working with flowers, it's just really hard to pick one. So now I've developed a list of my top five favorites. <laughs> so when people ask me like what my favorite flower is, I just have to say them all. Um, so sunflowers are still on there. Dahlias I'm in love with. Um, there's just so many different types of dahlias and they're also like the official flower of San Francisco which is the reason that I, I like them a lot. And then roses, but specifically light pink roses, for some reason, they just like bring this like softness to my space that I feel like I need sometimes. Black calla lilies, I love. I just think they're like super unique and elegant, like a balance to remind you that like there is darkness in the world, but it's beautiful too. Mm. And then my fifth favorite flower would be the uh, King Protea. It just, it dries really beautifully. Um, yeah, it holds a lot of power. It's kind of shaped like a crown. So it kind of reminds me of like royalty and power. So those are definitely top five. Do you have suggestions for like places or how to use flowers in our homes to kind of bring a different mood or, or an energy? somewhere like kind of near the entrance when you're when your guests are coming in or when you're coming home at the end of the day maybe having like a little table or something near your door and having an arrangement there is really special because they're kind of like greeting you um, and creating like the energy for the space bathrooms are really popular like having like a nice small bud vase usually maybe something fragrant and whatnot um and like kitchens are also another one where people love to have flowers um, a lot of times like, you know, just like on a counter if you have like an island or something, having like a little vase of flowers somewhere in your kitchen. And then I would say like your bedroom, like having something near your bed, maybe something a little more intentional, like looking into like the different symbolisms of flowers and having like eucalyptus or lavender, or, like flowers that help promote like rest and ease your mind at the end of the day. And having that like near your, like your bed is definitely like a great idea. Why is that? That flowers like really have this impact on like our mental health and, and our wellness. The most basic reason is just that they're really pretty to look at <laughs> and they're like the colors of them and how unique they are um, and how they're just like a gift from the earth. Like they're not trying, they're just beautiful. <laughs> and I think that people kind of pick up on that energy and I think it subconsciously reminds people that things are just beautiful buying flowers for yourself. I think that that's like a, a really great thing that people can do to cheer themselves up. Aside from buckets of fresh flowers, Jessica has adorned her shop with artwork made by her friends and other local artists. There's spray-painted canvases with the city's 415 area code and collages with the old-school transfer tickets Muni used to give. The space is steeped in San Francisco imagery, making it feel like a love letter to the city. 
But Jessica doesn't just rep her Frisco roots. She hangs a Brazilian flag and one from El Salvador in the shop to celebrate her mixed identity. You know, you always hear like people that are born here but have family or like first generation saying like, no soy de aquí ni de allá. When I think of myself, I think of me being from El Salvador, Brazil, and San Francisco. And I feel like for me, it's like I'm split between three. <laughs> like, no soy ni de aquí, ni de allá, ni de allá. <laughs> um, so I try to just bring all of it in and like represent all of it as much as I can um, so that I don't feel like I'm leaving out any of my culture and anything that I do. And um, so I just try to represent that everywhere. Let's talk about the name of the place, Beja Flor. I know it has layers of meaning for you. Can you tell us what's the story behind it? Yeah, so Beja Flor is um, a Portuguese word, um, Brazilian Portuguese, and it basically means um, hummingbird. Um, but when you take the two words apart, it also means to kiss a flower, so Beja and Flor. And it kind of just came to me one day that it was just really powerful to me because my dad being from Brazil and me not being as close to that side as my family as I am to my Salvadorian side. So just kind of trying to bring in that connection a little more and just how um, significant like hummingbirds are overall in like Salvadorian culture, Mexican culture, Brazilian culture. So yeah, definitely just a connection to like the afterlife and just like the spirit of people that aren't here anymore is what I think of when I come across hummingbirds or when I think of hummingbirds. Were flowers kind of always a part of your life? When my grandma first came into the country in the 80s, she actually worked at a flower shop in San Francisco. She she's always told me that. Um, so I kind of always knew that there was like a little background of like flower shop work there. And like when she comes in here, she's always like, oh, like I used to clean the, the leaves and the petals or do this or that or whatever. So there's that. And my grandma on my dad's side. And I think this is one of the reasons why sunflowers are my favorite flowers. Um, my grandma's house in Brazil always had like really big, tall sunflowers in the front. She passed away a few years ago. So it's kind of like, I just associate sunflowers with her. That's a really early memory of flowers for me. Um, so I guess like connections to my grandmother <laughs> is a lot. On your website, you talk a lot about how when you're designing floral arrangements, you also like tap into your ancestral intuition. And that really like, resonated with me and I'd love to hear you explain that or say more. I definitely think about it in like the the spiritual way of your ancestors energy being around you. So yeah, I feel like sometimes when I'm choosing to put like a rose next to a dahlia or something in a specific arrangement and I'm not really like thinking about it, it's just like a flow that's coming out of me and it's just it just comes out that way. I think it's because of the way that like I appreciate flowers and and that and just like this this wisdom that's in me but that it's been passed down like through like from my people and from my culture. So yeah, just like a really deep 
lineage of creativity and diversity and ways of doing things and thinking about things and I feel like sometimes it's not like a conscious decision it's just you're this way because of your ancestors and that's why your work comes out that way hearing you talk about your intuition I'm realizing like I feel a little separate from that right now and I'm wondering like do you have maybe some advice about how I could cultivate that intuition again um, through flowers. One thing that I could definitely recommend is like visiting like a flower shop or, you know, looking up like local floral classes or like just being in a space where there is a variety of flowers for you to choose from and just kind of like spending your time with them or like, you know, just like admiring them and getting your hands dirty with them so like letting yourself be attracted to different ones without not so much thinking like oh what the what will the end result be but just kind of like choosing flowers that are sticking out to you which is then like you'll think later like oh that was like my intuition choosing those or whatever so I think like just be open to the fact that the decisions that you're going to that you're going to be making even if you're not thinking about the end result too much is the right decision for you because you're making it from a place that's guided by like all this history can we get our hands on some flowers and like make um a small bouquet together if you want we can like have you choose some and then i can tell you like what the different like energies that you're putting into like the bouquet that you're making and whatnot. So we could definitely do that, yeah. I choose some flowers that I'm drawn to. Jessica says they'll each serve a different purpose in my bouquet. So the Soladago I find will be my filler flower. It's a green stem with clusters of bushy golden flowers. My secondary flower is called the snapdragon. I pick really tall ones to give the arrangement some height. I also select some eucalyptus to add texture. Lastly, I pick two different colored dahlias as my focal flowers, including one that's a deep plum purple. The main thing you have here is the dahlias. So you're attracted to like a very like elegant flower, like which actually this is funny because this is was your intention spiritual evolution so if what you're trying to do is like tie in with like your spiritual side and your intuition a little more dahlias are really good for like grounding that the solidago which is like the filler flower that you chose um that is known for like encouragement good luck success so if you like have that around it might like help you um bring in like financial stability and that kind of thing. And then the little yellow snapdragons, these are symbolically known for like creativity, which I think is really cool because you're like trying to be creative with the flowers right now. And then for the eucalyptus that we're working with for the greenery, um, eucalyptus is symbolically known for like purification and the magical powers that, ha that it has is for healing. Cool, it sounds like what I was called to are things that I'm trying to channel. Mm -hmm. So it was like this nice, like I put out that energy and that's what I got back. I'm attracting it. Yeah, definitely. 
Next, Jessica shows me how to assemble the individual stems I picked into an elegant bouquet. First, we start by removing all the leaves and petals on the lower parts of the stems, because petals in the vase water ends up creating bacteria, and we don't want that. So then once you have that stripped, um, the next thing I do is kind of like to go through and look at it and just make sure that nothing on it is like dying. So like, let's say it was like a rose, you would cut, you would pluck off all the like wilting petals and whatever, which actually also is known to help um, flowers last longer because you're kind of taking away the little parts that the flower might be spending too much energy trying to heal or bring back. So if you take off like a leaf or a petal that is dying, you're letting the flower concentrate on like on the good parts mm-hmm. and then it'll help it like last a little longer because it's not wasting energy trying to bring that back. So once you have like your stems and you're like, okay, this seems like it's ready to work with. I like to start with the greens because you kind of like create this base. Um, so you grab your greens so that um, you have like this little like fluff to work with. After the greenery, I will go for the filler flower next. So, cause you're still kind of creating like this little nest where you're gonna put like the focal flowers. And since both of what we have left is dahlias, they're both technically focal flowers, but since these are a little smaller, I would go within with these next. Okay. So usually I'm putting in like the larger flower last um because it's like really like the star of the show so once you have like everything kind of shaped then you know like where there's space to really show off that focal flower so i would do the littler flower the littler dahlias first they're kind of like a sunrise color which i think is why i was drawn to them because they really pop with the yellow snapdragons the snapdragon's almost kind of like this highlighter yellow, but then these are more soft, and so it's this nice play. Yeah, it's kind of like a little like sorbet, like sunset type of situation going on, and then you're gonna put in like the darkness of the night. <laughs> it's like this whole yes. like process of the sun going down that you have going on. I love it. Kind of like the way like the flowers kind of hug each other just based on like where you put them. I, I like that. Yeah, they definitely like play with each other and like um, just kind of like vibe off each other. I like it. I'm happy okay, with cool. it. Okay, cool. It looks really beautiful. It's definitely giving that like end of the day like all the vibes you need to like get like some nice rest yeah (laughs) Yeah, i love it it's so beautiful (laughs) do you ever name your bouquets you know on my website um certain like arrangements have names that i've put just to be able to like recognize them but when i'm doing like hand ties and stuff like that not really you should give it a name yeah i really like what you were saying about sorbet I don't know, is it cheesy to call her sorbet? (laughs) No, I think it goes. (laughs) Sorbet, I really, I'm feeling the sorbet. Dahlia sorbet. (laughs) Dahlia sorbet. (laughs) Yeah, you did a great job, I love it. Thank you.
As soon as I got home, I placed the flower bouquet in a glass vase to rest on my altar. With Jessica's guidance on changing the water every two days and trimming the dead leaves, my bouquet lasted me a good 10 days. For me, putting flowers on my altar is a twofold offering, one to myself and one to my ancestors. It's a way to tell them I'm thinking of you. This abundance is for you, and in turn, it's a mirror to remind myself there is beauty around me. So, big, big thank you to Jessica Alicia Cotrim for having me in your space and showing me the ways of the floral world. I learned so much from you. If you, right nowish listeners, also want to learn from Jessica, she offers in-person workshops on how to make your hand-tied bouquets. So be sure to follow her on Instagram to stay in the loop of upcoming dates. Her handle is at Beja Flor Gallery. And for those of you who want to order yourself or a loved one a bouquet for a pickup or delivery, you can order directly on Jessica's website at bejaflordesigns.com. And Beja is spelled B-E-I-J-A. Now, time to give thanks to the whole squad that makes this show possible. Jorge Olivares produced this episode. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Our engineer is Christopher Beal. The Right Nowish team also includes Pendarvis Harshaw, Cherie Bishop, and Rice Stottenborough. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Sprenger, Cesar Saldana, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Marisol Medina Cadena. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, share the episode with a friend or hit me up on Twitter at Marisol Reports and let me know what your favorite flower is. Right now-ish is a KQED production. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. 
Thank you for listening and thank you for your support.